Hey guys. So before we get to today's show, I wanted to tell you about a promotion I'm running for the next month. In honor of fall, which is my favorite season, I'm offering 15% off one of my coaching packages. If you go to SuzanneBanker.com slash coaching, you'll see three packages at the bottom. The first one is for engaged or newly married couples who want to learn the four main potential stressors of every marriage and how to get a handle on those now so they don't become a problem later. I cannot convey enough the significance of early intervention in a marriage. If you heard last week's podcast with Les Parrott entitled Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts, then you know what I'm talking about. I work with a lot of women who've been wives for some time and they're just now learning how to be married. And that's why I offer this package for both women and men who are newly married or even engaged. I'm so passionate about helping people know what they can do in advance to make their journey a thousand times easier. So go to SuzanneBanker.com slash coaching and scroll down to the first package labeled premarital slash newly married. When you sign up for this package, you'll put fall 2020, that's lowercase f, F-A-L-L 2020, to get 15% off this four session package. Again, that's SuzanneVenker.com slash coaching. From the magnificent Midwest, this is the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives regarding men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. This program is brought to you in part by Let's Get Real, where forensic accountant Tiffany Couch uses her financial skills to shine the light on the real issues we all face every day. If you would like to make decisions based on facts rather than on rhetoric and cultural pressure, go to letsgetreallife.com, a place where you can find tools to improve your communication skills and to increase your connection to humanity. That's letsgetreallife.com. Today on the show, we're going to talk with best-selling author John Gray about his wildly successful book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, as well as the newer version of this number one relationship bestseller, Beyond Mars and Venus. But first, a quick reminder to please become a Patreon supporter if you haven't yet. Just go to thesuzannebankershow.com and scroll down until you see the Become a Patron button, where you'll find four very economical levels as well as free gifts for signing up. And if you have a business you want to promote, there's even an option for that. Finally, I love, love, love to get reviews and would be ever so grateful if you would take a hot second to go to whatever platform you're now using and write one. So there are relationship experts, and then there's John Gray. The author of the most popular relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, John's wisdom about the inherent differences between women and men, as well as what it takes to build a lasting, loving relationship, have now influenced two generations of women and men. Men Are From Mars was listed by USA Today as number six among the most influential books of the last quarter century. But there's more. In John's more recent book, Beyond Mars and Venus, John explains why being a man or a woman in today's society is more nuanced and complex than ever. And yet, despite these changes, men and women remain fundamentally different on a hormonal level, as do their needs in today's evolving and stressful, fast-paced world. To meet these new needs, we require a new kind of relationship. In Beyond Mars and Venus, John takes the Mars-Venus framework to the next level. Welcome to the show, John. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so nice to talk with you. I feel like I have a real heads up with you because I've seen so much now of your stuff in preparing for this, but you don't know me quite as well. So we're a little uh, uneven here, but that's okay. Um, right. Yeah, it's uh, you, this. my, my uh, listeners are going to love this. This is right up our alley and what we talk about here on the Suzanne Venker Show. So I'm going to start by asking you about the original book, Men Are From Mars. So Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus is arguably the best-selling relationship book of all time with millions of copies in print in 100 countries and 45 languages. And I think my listeners would love to know, where did the original idea for this book come from? Well, uh, my own marriage was a big part of it. Um, when Bonnie had a, one of our children, when she was pregnant, and she was torn in the delivery, and she had to be on pain pills uh, and 
and I was taking care of her for a week. And she said, you really have to go back to the office. I said, okay, but if you need anything, be sure to call me. And when I got home that day, she'd run out of pain pills and she didn't call and ask for me to bring pain pills. So she was, she said, I called your brother and I waited for him and then he forgot to do it. And then we got in a conversation about my brother and we, neither of us slept for a week, you know, with a new baby. And mm-hmm. um, so we got in a big argument and I started raising my voice and, she, and I just stopped talking. I learned by then you don't yell at your partner but I just started to walk out of the room and she said, John Gray, stop. You're a fair weathered friend. And I never heard that expression, but I thought, Oh, I never heard that before. And she said, you're a fair weathered friend. If I'm sweet, loving Bonnie, you're always here for me. And if I'm not, you're out the door, please just don't talk. Come sit next to me and put your arm around me. That's all I need. Just don't talk, put your arm around me. And so I thought, well, I can do that because talking was making it worse. And so I went over there and I sat next to her, I put my arm around her and I was angry. You know, we were in an argument, cold inside. And uh, she started to cry in my arms and she melted and my heart started to melt. I'd say 50% of what I was upset about was just gone. And, and my heart started to open again. And I thought that's the last thing I thought would have worked. Because if I'm angry, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. I want to ignore you, go away. And that's a male thing quite often. Yeah. And, yeah. and she just needed to feel my arms around her and that she was, that I was there for her. And I thought I have to share this. I would have never thought that there must be other things about women that I just don't instinctively know. And then that began a whole journey of what other things would be helpful for men to know. Like if a woman's upset, don't talk. Now, sometimes she doesn't want you to hold her yet, but just ask questions and then give her a hug. You know, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. If you it's figure, amazing. It, to figure this out. So that became one of the, the themes of Men Are From Mars, which is, you know, if a woman's talking and she's upset, just ask more questions. And then, you know, this is how many years, 30 years, 40 years later since that revelation came to me. And my last book on relationships is beyond Mars and Venus. And now I have the biological foundation of that. Yeah. Actually non-sexual touch, putting your arm around a woman, holding her hand, put our compliment or just seeing her that stimulates oxytocin oxytocin that increases estrogen and estrogen allows her emotions to flow through her and let go of negativity. It doesn't make them go away. It lets them let go as long as you don't argue about them. And estrogen puts her out of fight or flight allows blood flow to the go to the emotional memory where she begins automatically to remember all the good things about you. But men make the mistake of if she's complaining to you, we go, well, I didn't do that. Remember I do this and what have I done for you lately? You know, she'll, he'll try to explain to her why she should love me. She already loves you. It's like a cloud in front of the sun. But if you try to pull that cloud away to get the sunshine, it just gets stuck. You, you got to let her share and that's a revelation for so many men. They just go, oh, I realize I don't have to fix her, solve her problem. I can just talk, let her talk for a while. And I give men practical suggestions like say, the men don't know what to do. We always want to fix it and solve the problem. We can say things like, well, help me understand that better. That's a million dollar phrase. Help me understand that better. Another was, well, tell me more. Well, oh, really? What else? And just be present at that time, not giving any ideas to try to make her feel better she can make herself feel better by sharing her feelings. And that's something that I feel better if I'm upset by just taking some quiet time. And that's what developed the whole idea of the cave is that man's stressed. It turns out that he, if he just takes time to forget his problems, not face another problem, but forget his problems with little challenges, then he will rebuild the hormones of testosterone, which lower his stress. So we're like opposites. She needs more estrogen. He needs more testosterone. Stress levels go down, our hearts open, things get better. Did you, uh, was that your original title? And did you come up with that right away? Or was it a kind of a bear to try to figure out a title? Oh, it was a bear to come up with that title. I wrote a, a book before that called Men, Women, and Relationships, which did very well. Just not like super spectacular out of the box with the title right. Men Are From Mars. Um, I remember when I came up with that title, I mean, I'm a very spiritual person. I prayed <laughs> for a couple of years. I said, please help me find a... A, a, a hook where I can talk about men and women being different, 
That's very that, smart. That's not too, that make, doesn't upset people. Cause back then, and even now still, if you talk about men and women are different. Oh God. Oh, you, know, you, you Don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you can't do that in certain areas of this world, particularly the, the universities, you know, it's just oh. like, uh, it's. <laughs> God, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, for that is a day. whole nother conversation. Seriously. But, but so, you know, uh, I can't even go on universities and give a talk. It's a threat to the community because people yeah. riot and get upset and throw things. <laughs> and oh, this world it's, like, it, it's like politics or something for me. And I'm not political at all. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Relationship well, you came, it was a great title. I mean, you're absolutely right. I've written five books and I've never been satisfied with any of my titles. <laughs> that title I'm satisfied with. Not the other ones I'm not so satisfied with. Yeah. So you yeah, hit it out of the park. I'll tell you where I got it. I prayed for that. And then I was uh, giving a talk and the movie E.T. Remember E.T.? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that was, everybody was seeing E.T. back in 84, 83 is around that time. And I'm giving a talk and I thought, you know, I've seen that movie. Maybe this will help women understand that what they think is helpful to a man may not be helpful. And, you know, the kids were giving him chocolates. And the mother would say, oh, you would never give someone chocolates to be healthy. But that's just what E.T. needed was chocolates. So I was going to make that point, women, is that you realize men might have different needs than you. So you have to change your adjustment. And so I started to tell the story and I said, now, women, I want to take a minute and imagine your husband is E.T. And they burst into laughter. I mean, it was it was hysterics. And it just kind of like came out of nowhere. And, and then one woman said, well, where's my husband from? And she sounded like she was drunk, actually. And. I said, just off the cuff, I said, Mars. And everybody laughed about that. They just thought that was the funniest thing. And and uh, I said, thank you. My hair. Oh, was my God. That's a great story. Yes. After that, if I told that story of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, there was a little story I told about the men were unhappy. They went to Venus and they made the women happy. And the women were praying for people to help. And the men came. But they all had uh, translators because they knew they spoke different languages and that's how they got along. And then they they fell in love and went to Earth on a honeymoon. The atmosphere was was different. And so they got selective memory and they forgot that they were from different planets. Uh And that's where our problem started. And I tell you, when I told that story, every time I told it for about six years, the hair would stand up on my arms. It was an idea that was waiting. And you can feel that it's going to work right in that moment. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, going to work. That's brilliant. Love it. Love it. Okay, let's get right into the meat of this work. And and actually, I'm going to hone in on, and I said this in the intro, that there is a second book, sort of a follow-up, I mean, definitely a follow-up, called Beyond Mars and Venus. And in the intro to that book, John, you wrote, quote, just because women today work side by side with men in the workplace, and men participate more in raising their children, it does not mean men and women are the same. Our roles are certainly changing, but our biology is still very different. Funny how that doesn't change. And because men and women are different, we react to the changes in our roles in different ways, ways that are often misunderstood and misinterpreted by our partners. Wow, so I thought I, was, yeah, I was amazed by these things that people find in my books. That was really nicely said. <laughs> You're like, oh, I said that? If I might um, take credit for that, yes. So I have to tell you, I wrote a blog post recently about... I kept reading about these COVID divorces, particularly with the younger set, millennials, with specifically women who are leaving their husbands because, uh, in my opinion, because they're doing way too much, put way too much on their plate. And then they're complaining that their husbands aren't keeping up or allowing this life that they want to lead to work. And so, you know, sayonara, sayonara, I'm going to leave. And I was really frustrated by it. So I was writing that essentially this is all about these completely inflated expectations of what is possible to do in a given day, for one thing, and then a misunderstanding of how men operate differently than the women and that these marriages were totally solvable. They're salvageable. There's no reason to leave. They just didn't realize how to work with their husbands in being uh, a different person than they are. You know, if if I was a, a woman hearing you say that, they would say, you don't understand my husband. And I would say, no, you don't understand your husband. And you can't even believe what I just said until you read some of my books where I point out how men and women are different. You just, and, and 
already we want to know that when women go, uh, what I'm talking about in the book is that our moods are all regulated by hormones. Okay, so if you're if you're stressed, okay, that's a big mood. Okay, that's fight or flight. Now, what we have is a stress hormone, and when you're in your stress hormone, you can't have your heart open and feel grace and feel grateful and feel happy and feel joyful. If you have a stress hormone being produced, you don't have those feelings. Your brain goes into a bias towards negativity. All you see, all you see is negativity. You can't see positivity when you're in a fight or flight situation. You can't. So what happens for women different from men, here's something interesting is in the beginning of fight or flight for women is more of an adrenaline response. She will experience eight times more blood flow increasing to the emotional memory in the limbic system, which means she literally, the the hippocampus is like a library and on the ground floor, it has positive memories. On the second floor, it has all the mishaps, everything which is ever negative in your life and in your relationship. And if you're in fight or flight, blood flows to the second floor. You basically get into an elevator in your library and all you can see is the problems. And for a man, what he does when he's under stress is he forgets all of the problems, but doesn't remember the positive things. He just forgets. Whereas women forget the positive, men forget the negative until they get in an argument. And then men will go up on that floor and argue back. And then that's all hormonally controlled. Okay. So when a woman is in fight or flight, she's basically feeling, I can't have what I need. Okay. I can't get what I need. And that lowers her estrogen levels. So if she wants to be happy in a relationship and and be able to appreciate what she's got and have better communication skills, she has to increase her estrogen. That's what that whole book's about. It's all very scientific now. It's Mm -hmm. a foundation. And if you can't increase your estrogen, then you're not going to feel love. And all your brain's going to do is go into a bias towards negativity. You can't even remember why you fell in love with this guy. And you're, you go into a state of hyperdrive. Your body is now making male hormones more than female hormones. And the symptom of that is overwhelmed and stressed. I have too much to do. So that's a, I, I wish you were there when I'm doing my coaching session. So I'm a marriage coach and I work with women who are in this boat, like I said, from just similar to the article that I had written about what I had been reading, that because they're doing too much than is possible to do, it's exactly like you say. They've gone into this masculine mode of do, 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 and they they have no idea how to get back into their their feminine space. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. In fact, I I guess I'll just ask you that now. So you talk about having those estrogen levels... um, uh, heightened, I guess, in you as a woman to be able to access this. So what are some ways that women can do that? It's a big story and we'll do some practical things right away. Okay. And it's anytime you feel safe to ask for help, your estrogen will go up. <laughs> now, so what you could do is you'd say, oh, I have a lot of feelings that have built up through my stressful day. I'd like to talk about them. And you don't have to say anything or fix it. I just want to talk for five or 10 minutes and have you say nothing and I'll feel better. And you actually will. And the better you get at it, it will feel even better and better. You might also say to your partner, and these are things your partner can do for you. However, if you're unhappy with your partner, that won't work. It only works if you're already happy with your partner. If you're unhappy with your partner, you have to see your mistake in that moment is you're blaming them for your unhappiness. And that's not their job. Their job is only to make you happier. Your job is to make you happy. So anytime you're thinking my unhappiness comes from my partner, you're looking in the wrong direction. You have what's called a life. And the reason there's so many problems during uh, COVID, COVID. Is people <laughs> have lost their life. Yeah. And now what happens is their partner used to be enough because in a sense, they were like vitamin D. And if you have all your vitamins and suddenly you get vitamin D, which is sunshine, you go outside and you go, oh, I feel great. The sunshine makes me feel so good. But if you don't have all your other vitamins called love vitamins, then you go out in the sun, doesn't make you feel good, can't. So your partner doesn't have the ability to make you feel happier because you're not happy. And so every reaction you have inside is a lie. It's a false news. It's false news coming from your brain, which is in a fight or flight stage. And you have to not believe yourself. 
and realize that you're going to misbehave when you when you're not believe when what you're feeling is completely not true and they're going to be in that state too and then you're going to have big horrible arguments and you might even say things i should have never married you in the first place or why are we even together or i knew you didn't even love me ever or i don't think i ever loved you you didn't do this 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 but you didn't do this, this. big arguments are happening because they're in a reactive mode mm-hmm. and they're not in the, 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 the flight or flight just causes reactions rather than solutions. Now at that time, what people have that misguided belief is that, Oh, finally you told me the true colors, what I always suspected. No, that isn't their true no. colors. No. The true colors is when a person is feeling their heart is open. That's who they truly are. And right now it's hard for people to find that place. And I hope we have time for me to tell you relationship tool well, I'll do it now because you asked okay. me, what okay. is it that lowers a woman's stress? Yeah, Talking doesn't do it if your heart is closed. It's like it's it just a little stressed in your life and it's not about your partner. Then you can talk about other things, not your partner, and you'll feel heard and seen and your estrogen will go up. And that's a tool in itself. Okay. And there's, this, there's a more sophisticated ways to do that in my book, but that's the basic idea. Here's something every couple can do now, which changes their life. And that is so powerful. I invented it during COVID. So it's not in any of my books, this practice. 20 minutes every day. This is what, and how to introduce your partner to this. I'll get to that if that's an issue for you. But what you do is you go to your partner and say, let's play this game every night. And maybe you start by saying, let's play it twice a week. Okay. And then you start to enjoy the game. I think every night might be a little intimidating. That's right. <laughs> No, in the beginning, but yeah. couples love it after they're doing okay. it. Okay. The game is called G I call it, give it a name, genie in a bottle, genie in a bottle, a genie, which comes from your inner genius, but it's also your power. Men need to feel successful and powerful that they can make a difference, that they can make you happier. And, and that raises their testosterone. Now, what people don't know is that when men's testosterone is low, that's when they get angry. If a man's testosterone is high, his is, wait, let me say this again. If a man's estrogen levels are high and his testosterone is low, his femininity is greater, that's emotion, and his testosterone, which is detachment, is low. He gets, and then he's more irritable. He's irritable, he's grumpy, he's yeah. passive, he's mm-hmm. booty, he pouts, he doesn't open his heart to you. He can't, just like you, can't stop doing, 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 and feeling resentful, resentful, resentment. Yep. And Bingo. it feels safe to complain. You complain, complain, complain. Anytime you complain verbally out loud to a man that you're upset with, your estrogen goes down. Okay. So this is just to know. So how to pump up the estrogen so you forget about your complaints and you come back to being a loving person in the moment. Okay. So here's how that looks. Genie in the bottle is a man. You rub the genie, the, the, you rub the genie, the bottle and the genie comes out. And what that rubbing is, is asking for help. So for 20 minutes, a woman is not allowed to do anything for herself. She's powerless. She needs to be rescued. She needs a genie to solve her problems for her. Love it. And so for 20 minutes, she asks him to do things for her. She asks for help. So it could be as simple as, you know, some women, they want to do, oh, honey, would you run upstairs and get the lavender oil and give me a foot massage? He says, and his job as a genie is to really play it up, even if you don't feel it. Fake it in the beginning. Oh, I'd be glad to do it. And I'll run. Physically, he runs to get something. You do it immediately so she can then ask you to do something else. You can, then you say, oh, honey, would you take off my shoes and my socks? Yes, I'd be glad to take off your shoes and socks. He is like, if you go to a fine restaurant, the waiter is standing there in a tuxedo. He says, what else would you like? I'm right here for you. I'm available. We have this on the menu. Oh, by the way, the manager wanted to give you a free uh, appetizer. You are gracious. It's like a first class attendant. If you're in first class, they come to you. Oh, Dr. Gray, it's so good to see you again. Thank you for you know flying our airlines. We're so grateful for you. And there's anything I can do for you. Don't hesitate to ask at all. Right here, there's a little button. And at any time you need me to come make the bed for you, I'd be glad to do it. Anytime you want a snack, it's available at any time. That's what they do in first class. Mm-hmm. So you are the guy. You're the genie who says, as you wish, as you wish. And that's your friend, as you wish. Or oh, I'm so happy to do it. You laugh it up. Try mm-hmm. not to be sarcastic, even though you're faking it in the beginning. But even if your partner is sarcastic, don't say you're sarcastic. You're faking as a woman. 
I am so lucky to have you. This is so great. Thank you so much. It feels so good. So you're just a little pretending, a little acting. Now what you're doing, and by the way, acting has a powerful effect. If you simply smile Mm -hmm. and you're upset, it will change your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious mind, if you're smiling, doesn't know (laughs) that there's nothing to smile about. No, that's right. You're training your brain. You're you're training your brain. Literally, the brain is plastic. And by repeating this over and over, as many requests as she can make, because whenever the most powerful estrogen stimulator for a woman is, I need help and I can ask for it and get it. Now, here's the wonderful thing. It doesn't matter whether it's big help or little help. It's just that it's help. It makes me something I need. So you want to ask for as many things as possible in that time. Would you make me soup? Yes. Which soup would you like? Oh, this one. Then he makes the soup. And then while you're, while you're waiting for it, would you put the dishes in the dishwasher? He says, certainly happy to do that. This is where women break the rules. She says, and don't you think it looks so nice? And it's not that hard to put the dishes in the dishwasher. Will you try to remember that over and over again? Never. Okay. No, 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 no. This is just the fire is burning. Put it out right now. That's it. That's the only job he has is to hear the request. And, and he does something, physically does something using his muscles and his brain in order to do something. And you respond. Now, the research shows that it doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. Yeah. Are you trying to show by this the power of his wanting to naturally serve you and the and the woman being able to receive and how powerful that is for him? What is your... Yes, that's the goal. It's not to know anything. This is just do what I say and your hormones will go into balance. Okay. Yeah. We'll go out of fight or flight. You can't stay in it if you're actually a woman asking for help and getting it. Even though you might be going... That's not enough. Too little, too late. Doesn't matter. Just don't I can't say it. I tell you how many, well, you probably know this, younger, the, the younger women, I say that. So I'm 52. I was born in 1968. And the, and the women that I work with are pretty much in their 30s and 40s, some 20s. And the, the concept of asking for help from their man, as you know, they were raised to never, ever, ever depend on a man. And we're going to talk about that in a second, not just financially, but just for anything, I can do everything myself. And that's, of course, when everything went haywire, in my opinion, because we're messing with the whole system of letting him serve you, which he wants to do, and you being happy and being appreciative in response. And we used to understand, and mothers used to pass that on to their daughters, thank you very much, but they don't do that anymore. It's all strong and independent, and I don't need a man. And those are the people that I get that I work with because they fell for all of that. And now their marriages are a mess because they don't understand this symbiosis, this dynamic that you're describing. Yeah, you've described it perfectly. I want to get to some things that I think you explain really well. So, so people can hear it from you because they're always hearing it from me. So I want them to hear it from you. I want to talk about nagging and complaining and why this never works for your husband. Absolutely. Explain it from a man, please. If you want to bring back, even during this COVID time, bring back what some people call the sizzle or the passion or the tenderness and the love, do this exercise after you start seeing it's working. Do it every day for 30 days. Now, now this is a little radical, okay? But what women have to know is every time you verbalize a complaint about your partner to them, okay, if you verbalize a complaint or a nag, which is doing the same one over and over, or give un- Un, what is it? Un, unrequested advice. That's a, that's also a criticism. Giving him advice that he didn't ask for. Yeah. Or asking rhetorical questions like, "Why would you do that?" You know, it's the tone. Anytime you have that tone, you're making testosterone and you're suppressing your estrogen levels. You're raising your stress level. Anytime you verbalize, so you have to get for thirty days. I'm not going to have one complaint out loud to him. I'm not going to have one criticism, not one look. If I've got it in me, I'm not going to look at him because the look is more powerful than anything. Yes. Yes. It's a, you know, the Greeks talked about that look. They called it Medusa. If you look her in the eyes when she's upset, when you look her in the eyes, because she's always upset, you turn to stone. A man's heart closes. He can't open his heart to you. I can't explain enough to women the power that they have in their marriages and in their relationships just by existing and walking in the room. That's right. That, 
that's it. I mean, they are so men are so attuned to what you are feeling and you have the power to lift them up or tear them down. Yes. Yes. And so, but the complaints are there. You see, when you're on your male side, if you're a woman, you're in fight or flight. Now you can be, let me just put this. You can be on your male side and culture your female side so you can be balanced. Okay. That's our goal is to be balanced. So we're not saying women can't be independent. We're saying women need to be independent and also dependent and a balance, which is interdependence. Exactly. That's our new challenge today. I always phrase it as what you do during the day is fine, but just turn it off. You have to bring in a completely different set of skills at night. It's, it's just, you just cannot be the person that you are during the day with your, with your man. It just doesn't work. That's right. It doesn't work. And so you have to find, these are techniques that come back to your female side. Let him be the man. Okay. Let him provide for you. Bingo. Amen. You can't be so I don't need help. And some women are convinced I don't need help, but often they say it's because if, if I, if I don't do it, it won't be done right. Well, <laughs> it's just your- because you're doing it so quickly. You're not even getting him a chance to do it. And then if and- he does do it, you complain about the way he does it. That's not the way to do it either. Exactly. And if he does something for you, when you're stressed, you go, yes, but you didn't do this. Or oh. why did you do that? You could have done this and that. There's always some criticism that comes out when you're stressed. You just have to go, here's what you do. Fake news, fake news, fake news. Whatever my brain's telling me, fake news, fake news, fake news. Don't say it out loud. Don't believe it. But you can, but you do have to process that. Now, the game will help process that. But there's another way, which is journaling what you feel as if you're going to and throw it away. Journal. This is your throwaways. This is what all my negativity is. You, you, You verbalize it. Or you go to a coach and therapist and say, I just want to vent this, but I don't need any solutions on it. I'm not really looking for a solution. I just want to have somebody hear what I feel. That can be very helpful as long as you're not using that in order to get something. See, if you use negativity to get something, it becomes a root in your brain. It's a highway in your brain. Anytime you're stressed, you go right to that negativity. You go right to that place. So you can't use negativity to get what you want. You can identify the negativity and say, now let it go. But sometimes women will talk about their negativity about their husbands to girlfriends, and they're actually looking for their girlfriends to sympathize with them, to feel bad for them, to reinforce, oh, that's why I should leave my husband. So they're actually trying to change, get somebody's to change. Mm -hmm. You can't have any intent with these negative emotions, except like a child crying, throwing a tantrum, And you're going to listen to that child and say, you know, I understand. I understand. But the whole time, you know, in the background that they're just making a big deal out of nothing. Okay. Yeah. Amen. I, I, a couple of years ago, I started to do something different for the first time in my marriage. And when I was in that mode that you're describing, instead of bringing it to his attention, I started writing out, I guess you could call it a note or a letter. You know, I would do it on my phone on the notes or I type it up. Um, or I even might even put it in an email, but I never sent it. Right, right. And you're absolutely right. It got out of me. He never heard it. And it was a win-win. I can vouch that it has been a win-win since I've been doing that. He doesn't even know I've been doing that. So if he listens to this, he'll learn that. <laughs> but in the past, I would go to him with it. The power of that is this is there's a part of us that we have to transform by reflecting on things and letting them go. And the fact that you would write the letter to him and I even give you a structure for doing it in my books called The Feeling Letter, which goes into all your feelings, which makes it more efficient. But still, write to him what you want to say. And by not giving it to him, basically, you're saying, I'm not going to use this yes. to get a result. The result I'm looking for is it just gives me more awareness of what I want to let go of and not express because I trust that if I learn how to open my heart in his presence, he will give me more. That's the whole dynamic of it. So, John, tell people, so wh- how do you, you talk a lot about change, how you get your partner to change. What does speak to a man that, what's the opposite of the nagging and complaining then? I guess is what okay. I'm trying to say. Four steps. And, and this is a free course I give at my website called How to Get Everything You Want on the front page. It's wonderful. Over four days, you get all these classes and questions and affirmations and the whole shebang. But your bottom line theory here is four steps for a woman to get more in a relationship. One, stop doing what's making him weak. Okay, make him strong. But the first step is stop doing complaining and nagging and withholding and judging and rhetorical questions, giving advice. 
Give up trying to change him because what doesn't work is anything. Anything you do to change him doesn't work. Even though we're talking about how do I get more? You get more by not trying to change him. That's the first step. That's not enough. Second step, you're only wanting to change him at a time where you're feeling stressed. So you have to de-stress without depending on him in any way. So you have to have a life where you get all your love vitamins fulfilled, you know, like your children, your work, your time in nature, your relaxation time, your singing and dancing time, your whatever, all the things that you enjoy doing where you feel supported by the world and others that aren't dependent on him, that will build your female hormones up. So you've got to take responsibility for your happiness. First, you said, I have pushed him away with all this other stuff. So let me stop that. But the only reason I pushed it, I pushed him away is because I wasn't happy. But why I'm not happy is not him. It's me and my choices I make. So now let me find my happiness. And God, by the way, is a major one for women. God tells you you're not alone. God says no matter what, you're going to heaven. You, you see, God makes life safe, whether whether there's a God or not. If you believe there's a God, your estrogen levels go up. So you talk to God in your journal too. You pray. Prayer is a huge part of my life. You know, anyway, so you do what you need to be happy without blaming him for your unhappiness, even though your mind could go, but he doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. And you can say to yourself, that's because he doesn't get the love he needs. He can do that. Maybe most people, he did that in the very beginning. Didn't he do it in the beginning? Yes. And so to a great extent, you can get more. So you give yourself what you need. Then you give him more love from having received more in your life. Okay, now it's like your bank account is full. Now you have you can overflow, but you have to be careful how you overflow. You have to realize the love that men need is not for you to do things for them. Say, yeah. oh, now I'm going to give him more. I'm going to give more, do more. No, 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 no. What, what men need is messages that they're appreciated. What men need is acceptance. That's the no complaining. He's already feeling like he's getting what he needs there. But the other one is trust. That's where you have to practice asking for more in small increments and appreciating what you get. So maybe you've got, he doesn't do this, 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 and this. What? This, what's the littlest thing on that list that maybe he would do for you if you were feeling very loving and supportive? You give and him- And then slather it on thick when he does have, it. Make a big deal. Ask for little things and make a big deal, just like this game does, by the way. So you basically, you're going to come back and give more of what he needs. And what he needs is, first of all, what he needs is to be accepted for who he is, love for who he is. Then you give him more, which is you. that's step four, is the- to take it over the top is you ask for help and get it. Okay. When you ask for help, you give a man the opportunity to succeed because just appreciating men doesn't take it to a higher level. What appreciating him does for what he has given you. And part of the way you can communicate that after your heart is full is you can go back to him and say something, which is quite magical, which is honey. I realized I must've really turned you off when I did this. I'm so sorry. I got so upset with you about that. It really wasn't a big deal. It really wasn't a big deal. I'm so sorry that I said this or did this or was this way. If you say you're sorry, what man does it? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But if, if you're always like making yourself right, man will go, no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Come with love. Come with some apologies is a good thing whenever you can. You know, I realized the other day, you know, we had that argument. I was so mean when I said this, or I shouldn't have done that. I got over emotional at the time. He'll go, wow, what happened to my wife? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and now the thing you tend to think is, well, I wasn't the only wrong person. You also, yeah, don't tell him that. He'll no, be, be bigger than that. Be bigger than that. Be bigger than that. And then, yeah. and, well, I wasn't so nice either. You go, well, you did your best. Give him a break. The more you give him a break, suddenly he's getting the love he needs. Then if you're still not getting more, then you start asking for more in small increments. And here's an example of that. Let's say you want more romance. Okay, how do you teach a man romance? Okay, you say to him, that would be like a romantic date. You say, honey, next week, I noticed there's three things in the paper. Or I was talking to my friends, there's this concert, the, you know, the, the Golden Gates open, and, you know, these are, and, and the beach I hear is really wonderful at this time of the year. Okay, whatever it is. And you say to him, Here's three things I'd like to do next Saturday. Would you plan it? Would you pick one and plan it? 
And he goes, well, what do you want to do? All three would be fine, but would you pick one and plan it? And that would make me really happy. And he'll go, okay, I'll pick it. Then when he does it, he knows you're going to be happy because you picked it. You didn't ask him what he wants to do. You ask him what you're telling him what you want. You're giving him the opportunity to make you happier. Ultimately, that's what he wants testosterone. And not all men know that, by the way, but their body knows it. I want there's something that you said that goes hand in hand with what you're saying right now that I highlighted here. I wanted to make sure to ask you about. You said when you need more than a man can provide, he stops giving. Yes. Explain that. Okay. When you're wanting more than what he can give you, all he's going to feel is inadequate. When men feel inadequate, their testosterone goes down and their estrogen levels go up. Okay. They get emotionally irritated. They feel guilty. They feel unworthy. They feel like a failure. And then they, they get all defensive about stuff. They start taking things too personally. They, they, everything's an irritation to them. So it's about learning how to communicate what your needs are and see your needs aren't that great if you're already happy. That's who you were when he was dating you. Okay. <laughs> you were just, and you know, he could, he could, basically dating is playing the genie in the bottle game. He's doing little things for you. That's what romance is. I'm always telling my, my clients to just, if they imagine what it was like at the beginning, just literally copy that. Like you can remember after being married for some, for so long, you can conjure the image. Everybody really can of those first early months and the feeling that you have should immediately come back into your head and what you both were doing and what the dynamic was, was so much more natural in the way it's supposed to be. And I'm always like, channel that. Anytime you can channel that you're going to, it's a win-win. And, and quite often, if I say that to a woman, she'll remember, yes, he did this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> she doesn't remember that what she, she did. She caused it's him what she did. did. It's how she responded to what he did. Little things made a big difference. But now let me, let me speak to biology because it's not just an instant change here. Biology says that when a woman's estrogen levels are normal, this is how it works. If I bring her 50 roses, she'll get a surge of happiness. She'll, oh, how beautiful. Everybody can imagine that. But what men don't know is one rose, if her estrogen is normal, will have the same reaction. See, I don't have to bring my wife 50 roses. I bring one a lot of money. And now here's the flip side of that. Now that idea is in my Men Are From Mars book, classic idea for men to understand. It's many little things that make a woman happy, not just one big thing. It's everything scores equal if it's a gift of love. Now, if her estrogen is low, I can give 50 roses. It will do hardly anything. And if I give one rose, it will do hardly anything. It will have the same reaction. So one rose will produce a little bit of estrogen. 50 roses will produce a little estrogen. But another rose at another time will raise it a little bit more. Or a compliment will raise it a little bit more. Or a hug will raise it a little bit more. Or helping out. In the, in the game, in the game uh, Genie in the Bottle, you got chances to do 20 little things for her. You see, if it's lots of little things, you're getting incremental increases in estrogen as opposed to how big and significant the action is. It's how many acts of love there are. It's the, really a numbers game, which will start letting her estrogen go up. And as her estrogen is increasing, her ability to appreciate him increases and he gets the message that little things make a big difference. And that raises his testosterone even more because he doesn't feel I have to do big things. And there's always men in the world that could do bigger things. And, you know, like one lady, her husband would never propose to her because they were doing a tour of Beverly Hills. And, and you know, he doesn't have a job that's ever going to make that kind of a money. That's a movie star, right? And so- right. And the woman was looking at the houses and she was saying, oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, imagine having their swimming pool and our children could swim on the swimming pool if we have children, you know. And the guy said, you know, I love you, but you, you deserve better than me. And all I had to do I, for her, I told her, go see the movie down and out in Beverly Hills. This is a long time ago. And after the movie, just say, you know, those houses are wonderful, but I would never really want that. I mean, how do you take, a, take care of a house like that? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and the guy proposed her a week later. It's like we need to experience, and most men don't have that experience that little things can make a woman happy and builds our testosterone more and more. You said, um, I want you to explain why it's so powerful when a woman pleases her man and is very happy because you said, one of the things you said that in your 
all the all the interactions you've had and all the counseling you've done over the years that the common refrain that you hear from men who end up leaving or if they don't leave they're just miserable is that no matter what they do she's never happy almost every man has felt that it's just the world that we live in because see testosterone we need to make 10 times more just to feel good and 20 times more to feel in love with our wives and men's testosterone levels are dropping so much i know uh, it, yeah. it's just you see, when men retire, for example, that's an obstacle to building testosterone, unless they're doing some kind of work that's serving other people that they have to show up for. It can just be more enjoyable work. But the point is, if he stops working, doing for others, and not just his wife, but for the world, for your work, for people, for children, you know, these are all our love vitamins for men is various ways where we can make a difference in that and making a difference with ourselves too. That's our little vacation time, but it shouldn't be the whole thing. If it is, what happens is our testosterone goes down and three years later, we get a heart attack. We have to take Viagra or just not interested in sex anymore. We're good friends with our partner. So is the lowered testosterone that I've read about in the last few years related to unemployment, let's say, or when a man is unemployed, that's when he's the worst. That's what's also going on when men have no hope for the future and they don't have a job. Their testosterone levels are very low. And here's the interesting thing. Let's say I worked really hard. Like today, I worked really hard. Then what I want to do is just go sit and relax for a little while, go to my cave. And by relaxing and doing nothing significant for a little while, but enjoying myself, I'll rebuild my testosterone. I'll become strong. Just like when I go to the gym, I push myself to the limit. I'm tired. Then I rest. My muscles grow from that. It's the rest after working hard that rebuilds testosterone. So we know that relaxing rebuilds his testosterone, but it doesn't rebuild testosterone unless we used up our testosterone. You've got to use it up through work. Yeah. Then you have your little vacation and you rebuild. But if you're just having a vacation, you never rebuild. It just goes further and further down and yeah. goes up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, retirement can be horrible. I just the thought of it. Okay. <laughs> I, I want you to repeat that because I want women to hear this because I try to, again, help them understand the significance. I actually wrote a piece recently that said, what your husband's doing when he's doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> These are great pieces. I like it. Oh um, to explain exactly what you just said, that he's actually doing something when he needs to be alone, he's doing nothing and you've got to leave him alone. I still learn this 22 years later that when I see my husband needs to go do what he needs to do and I do not say one word for that whole hour or whatever and I just busy myself, he literally walks back to me the, just happy as a clam. And what I used to do, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say, is because because I just didn't think a lot about it. If he's in my space, in the same space, I'll just be talking to him or asking things of him all the time when he's trying to tune out. Yeah. Just because he's there and I got used to his being there. So I would ask and then I'm like, no, no, no this is not working. <laughs> that's what's happening today where men are not at work. Just being at home can drive a woman crazy and drive a man crazy. She has to consciously get what you just said. What he's doing when he's not doing is he needs to rebuild his testosterone, rebuilding testosterone. Now think about a metaphor for that, you know, in, in, in Buddhism, uh, the Buddha came and said, you should learn to meditate, which is empty your mind. Okay. The idea there was meditation is to forget your problems. See, forgetting your problems for men is a great thing. Temporarily, you'll forget them. Then you relax. Women can't easily forget their problems. And when they're well, they don't relax, they, they especially today, they don't relax at all. They have no idea how to relax. So Harvard did a study on brain function, brain activity, and had men sit down and said, just relax. And men's brain activity went down. Women's went up. And then they said to the women, what are you thinking about? All the things, all the I, things have I have to do. <laughs> and the man, what do you think? What are you thinking about? Nothing, nothing. Because we can do that much easier than the women. Whereas... It's not that a woman can't get there, but if she has to, just instead of doing what I'm teaching women is talking more, connecting with your feelings. That's the whole key. When you would write out what you're upset with your partner, it was a perfect way to lower your stress levels if you don't give it to your partner. Definitely. When you got married, things were perfect. You were both in love and life was good. Then somewhere along the line, everything changed. She changed, or maybe he did. Either which way, now your relationship feels, well, hard. 
I coach husbands and wives who feel lonely, disrespected, or misunderstood in their relationship. So many women today are desperate for their husbands to step up to the plate, to make a decision and to stick to it, to lead rather than to follow. Ladies, you have the power to make it happen. Men respond best to women who are grounded in their feminine core. As for husbands, so many of them want their wives to stop nagging and to just trust them, to smile more and to complain less, to look at them the way they did when they were first dating. Men, you have the power to make it happen. Women respond best to men who are grounded in their masculine core. The secret to lasting love rests in the masculine-feminine dance. Once you master it, your relationship will no longer be difficult. You'll be moving with the biological tide rather than against it. And that makes marriage smooth sailing. If you're struggling in your relationship, if you feel frustrated or alone, I can help. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com, that's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R.com, and click on the coaching button at the top. Don't wait another minute to acquire the mindset you need to find love and to sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneVenker.com. Okay, why is the worst thing to say to a man, we need to talk? Well, of course, his blood pressure will go up. (laughs) Whenever you need to talk, you're going to tell him what he did wrong. And immediately his blood pressure goes up. And here's something you can do when you need to talk. You can simply preface it. This is a magical another million dollar phrase is, honey, it's not a big deal, but I just want to talk about something for a few minutes. Just reassure, it's not a big deal. I want to talk about something for a few minutes. It, my Bonnie used to say to me, she'd say, she said, it's only five minutes and don't say anything. So, I, okay, I'll hear that. I can handle that. I can nail that easy, you know? And if I don't have to talk, then I know there's not going to be an argument and there's not going to be a stare contest. Are you sorry? You know, you're not expecting any response at all. So that's where women, you have to let go of this idea that he has to say he's sorry. You know, if it's a problem, I'll tell you what happens to men when you criticize, blame, criticize any message that says we're a failure. What immediately happens is our testosterone goes down. And what we want to do in order to rebuild our testosterone so we don't get mad at you is we detach from our feelings. You notice how men become quiet. Okay. What he's doing is keeping himself from having any kind of negative reaction inside because you're having a negative reaction at him and that causes him to mirror it. That's what the scientists know, that you you mirror people. If they're upset with you, they're angry with you, get angry back. And the more intimate you are with somebody, the more you're going to mirror them. So she's upset. I'll get upset back. And if I have a some decor, some degree of wisdom, my tendency is, well, I don't want to get back. So I'm going to detach. So men will typically detach, cool off. At that time, he'll pull away. And so what you can do, he won't pull away if you just say, you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> This is not a big deal. I just want to talk a little bit about something and and that's it. You don't have to say anything. So you don't have to look them in the eyes. You don't have to ask for apology. You're saying you don't have to do anything. An apology is a doing. And he can't apologize or feel sorry, particularly if he's detaching. See, I can't say I'm sorry unless you're faking it. And then you will say you're faking it. And John, I, I, you have a son. Do you have a son? I think you have a son. No, no, I, have, I grew up with five brothers, though. So I okay. Well, I was just going to say I learned this the hard way from having a son and a husband. But um, I, you need to wait until they're ready to come on their own. That's the key, right? Yes, to yes. apologize because they will come on they their will. own. If you've made it clear that you've somehow been slighted or he's hurt you without any kind of like yelling at him or nagging, but you just said, oh, I'm really sad because, or whatever. And then maybe it'll take them 24 hours. You know, they, it, it just, but always they come back on their own when they're ready they and you back. need to let them do that. When their testosterone goes up, this is biology. If something knocked his testosterone down, his body first wants to detach to rebuild testosterone. Once his testosterone comes back to a healthy baseline, then his estrogen levels, which is feelings, estrogen is emotions, it's feelings. Then his feelings can start to come up to balance the testosterone where he can have positive feelings. And apologies, I'm sorry, is a positive kind of feeling at that time, as opposed to oh, I'm a terrible, bad person. That's not what you want to hear from him anyway. Imagine imagine your husband does something wrong. He goes, yeah, I'm just a bad person. That, that, that's who I am. You don't want to hear that anyway. But a, I'm sorry is kind of like different from guilty. It's, it's a kind of a message of compassion that I affected you in a negative way. I stepped on your foot. And the more you the more you minimize how upset something is, the faster a man can come back and see that apology and also a change in his behavior. 
I, I just, I cannot, I mean, I, I just almost need you to say that again, because I'm still, again, learning this 22 years in how profound and significant and, 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 and um, what's the word? Consistent, consistent that that behavior actually is with a man, that if you leave him be, he comes around on his own. By minimizing the negative reaction, the impact he had on you, by minimizing he will more quickly come back and apologize or he will more quickly come back with a changed behavior. You know, I, I, I quote my wife on this around 23 years in our marriage. I asked her how, how does she rate me as a husband? And she said, Oh, as a father, you're the best in the whole world. As a husband, you're not perfect, but you've given me the greatest gift a woman could ever want. See, my testosterone goes up. Yeah, of course. And I said, what was that? And she said, John, I've, I know for 23 years, I can say things or do things that really upset you. I can see you get upset. But when you're upset, you stop talking. You go to your cave and you always come back with more love, with more love. She saw it over and over. That's a practice I do. I don't talk if I'm upset. I don't make decisions if I'm upset. I go to my cave. I do things that rebuild my testosterone. Then my heart can open and I can reflect on how I contributed to the problem, apologize for that, or simply not apologize for that, but come back and be loving and supportive. Either one. Amen. Amen. And and just to know that the more you are going back to what we were saying before, the more you're nagging and complaining, the less of that man that you just described the wife is ever going to see. That's right. He's gone. You just pushed him away, pushed him down. He's no longer that guy in the beginning who the first time he was late, you didn't get upset with him. That's who you need to be. It's not a big deal. But with 20 years of him being upset, you're going, this is a big idea. How much do I have to drive this into you? You can't do that. You never do that. You always do this. That just makes it happen more. And I'm not excusing him. If I'm talking to men, I teach them the little things, but it's different stuff he has to learn to do. It's different stuff she has to learn to do. That's her power is not making a big deal out of it. But instead of doing the opposite, by just saying, I just want to talk about this for a few minutes and it's not a big deal. I don't need you to say anything or even do anything. I just want you to understand what goes on inside of me and then share a little bit and make it short. Don't look for a response because if you look for a response, you're going to pull out the argument. Yep. He's going to have to defend himself if you're looking to change him. Otherwise, you don't feel loved. It'd be this, how women can relate to this is if you're upset with me and I explain to you why you shouldn't, why you're giving yourself false news, you're overreacting, this is your childhood and nothing to do with me. And that all might be true, but if I say that to her, she's going to become more. Oh upset. yeah. Oh yeah. Can't oh yeah. Try to change how a woman feels if she's upset, and a woman can't try to change a man's behavior if you're not getting what you need. You need to practice learning to love, and love is not changing somebody; it's accepting them, embracing them as they are. And how can I embrace that? <laughs> Back off in the first step. Stop not embracing it. Start embracing yourself. Then go give him what he needs to start appreciating what he has done, forgiving him for what he hasn't done and trusting that he's always doing his best. Now he's going to start feeling more loved. And when you start feeling more loved, then you ask for more. And that's how you get more in small increments with big rewards. Awesome, John. We could go on forever. This is great. I really appreciate your coming on. And before I let you go, I want to make sure that people know, because this is a really interesting tidbit, that you were a celibate monk for nine years. I thought you could maybe tell people a little bit about that and what that experience was like. Uh, it was a magnificent experience. So, you know, I teach people how to bring back to passion in their marriages. And maybe that's not for everybody. I was a monk and I was completely happy. The reason I stopped being a monk was that my brother was bipolar and I wanted to help him by studying psychology. I thought that could help him. Unfortunately, it didn't. And he ended up committing suicide. Oh, but in, in the journey of trying to help him, I realized getting a PhD in psychology, I then discovered that everything they're teaching in the universities doesn't make sense to me at all. I'm just, you know, I'm a common sense person. I yeah. don't buy into it. They're all trying to say that men and women are the same. And then when I got my PhD and I started counseling, I, I saw that over and over and over, women were misinterpreting men's behavior. And, and, and then when you misinterpret a behavior, your conclusion is he doesn't love me. And if you're telling your little emotional self, he doesn't love me, it raises your stress consistently. And, and men, basically, if their wives aren't happy, they're saying, no matter what I do, it's not enough to make her happy. And what I learned is, and I teach men this, women are like the weather. 
They have their moods. They're going to go up and down. It's like, just put on a raincoat, put an umbrella up. Don't take it personally. You have this amazing power, men, once you understand women, to not take it personally. She's upset with you. Let her be upset. Don't interfere with that. Actually help her by listening to her and being not getting mad at her, not complaining to her. And she'll come back to her estrogen because she feels safe and being able to express herself. So both sides have lessons to learn. And they're op- usually the opposite of what we think. Well, and the opposite of what we're taught from the culture. Oh, um, this is great. This, and I love, you know, the, out of all the, all the different things that I've talked about on this program with respect to these differences between women and men, this is the one that really honed in on the hormones. And I knew that you'd be perfect for that because that's, that's what you do. So it's, it's been very informative, really, really helpful. People are going to love it. I so appreciate your coming on. I hope to see you again. It's been great fun. Oh, it's great fun. And listen, uh, people can get my free course at marsvenus.com. It's free. Just go there, take the course. And it's wonderful. And we're getting the rave reviews on that course that I used to get from Men from Mars when everybody was reading it. See, not everybody's everybody's got it. So they're not like, but people are getting in three days, kind of like what that whole book did in a short little course that we get. Oh, that's awesome. So marsvenus.com. That's correct. Yeah. Well, everybody can remember that for sure. Awesome. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to tune in next week when we talk to Mallory Millett, the conservative sister of the late feminist activist Kate Millett. Finally, don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook. Just type in The Suzanne Venker Show in the Facebook search bar and you'll find it. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.